Good afternoon and good evening from the United Kingdom. I'm here with Lewis. Don't call me Blackpool. Brackpool, how are you, young man? I'm very well. I'm very well. I think we should. Uh, I think I need to change the photo. I'm looking rather different these days. Yeah, you're looking a lot more uh, chavinly, if that's a word. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of fake names going around here. At Rebel News. That I mean, they're real names, but I don't believe them. Lincoln J. Lewis Brackpool. I don't really believe these are your last names. But apparently, they are. They've proven it to me. Welcome to the Rebel News Daily live stream. We're on Rumble, Super U, Getter, YouTube. Um, I'm missing something. Odyssey is where I'm missing, and you can pay us for your chat on Rumble, Super U, Odyssey, and we will read them on air. Questions, comments, uh, remarks, songs, whatever you want, we will read them on air, and you can interact with us that way. Rebelnews.com slash livestreams is the best place to get the best feed every single day, and Lewis Brackpool is with me, and he wants you to know that Doug Ford is very confusing these days, the Premier of Ontario. Have you seen this video of him, Lewis, from yesterday, where he's doing a complete 180? Yeah, um, I saw briefly. I didn't watch the full thing, which I'm sure we're going to dive into. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, my thoughts, my thoughts on this is that we've been seeing politicians doing U-turns all of a sudden. It's almost like they've had you know, firearms to their heads and they're <laughs> in like a hostage situation uh, for so many, so many years now. And uh, it's almost like the, the curtains are starting to open and they, they feel like the shackles have been uh, untied from them and they can now start to say what they want because the narrative has switched. Uh, that's my take on it. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting switch we're starting to see with with these pesky politicians. Yeah, Doug Ford gen generally seems like he is sticking to a script in front of him. That's why they have the second angle. You know that second angle where you can't tell that they're reading? But um, <laughs> yesterday, um, I'm not going to be too mean right off the top, but a reporter from CTV News named Colin DeMello asked him basically, uh, what happens if restaurants are harassed for having a vaccine passport or not having it. You know, it's the general mainstream media question is, why are we doing this? It seems like it's too soon. And Doug Ford, for once, didn't seem like he was following a script, seemed like he was actually talking genuinely. But you have to juxtaposition that um, with what you were saying, which is how can we trust it when the narrative switches so quickly? So let's go ahead and play this, and then uh, we'll talk about it a bit more. You know, you, you can go to, you can go to Costco, you can go to Walmart, you can go shopping. You know, you don't know if the person has a shot beside you or not. But we also know that it doesn't matter if you have one shot or ten shots, you can catch COVID. See, the prime minister has triple shots, and I, I know hundreds of people with three shots that caught COVID. We just have to be careful. We've got to always make sure we wash our hands and and move forward. But Colin, we can't stay in this position forever. We got to learn to live with this and get on with our lives. I bet if I asked every single person in this room, do you want these damn masks or do you want them off? They want them off. They want to get back to normal. They want to be able to go for dinner with their families. And there's every single person, including myself, knows people that are unvaccinated. You know, sure, there's there's the rebel rousers, and then there's just hardworking people that just don't believe in it, and and that's their choice. This is about again a democracy and freedoms. And liberties and i hate as a government telling anyone what to do we just got to get moving forward and and get out of this and protect the jobs you know we're, i think a lot of people call them probably yourself too everyone's done with us like we are done with it let's let's start moving on and cautiously and 
you know, we, we've, we've followed the rules, all of us, like 90% of us, for, for over two years. The world's done with it. So let's just move forward. So a couple of things there, Lewis. One is, what's so funny, Lewis? Oh, it's just, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm trying to word things carefully because we're still on YouTube. <laughs> but um, we were done with this a long time ago, I think, mm -hmm. is, is what I'm just laughing at. So, but yes, carry on, Andrew. The problem here, I think, is a, is two or threefold. One, how can you trust him when he turns on a dime so quickly? That's the first thing. After all these restrictions, how can you trust a person who's turned so quickly when they were so adamant about, you know, just, my friends, just do your part. I'm morbidly obese, et cetera, et cetera. The second thing <laughs> is this falls in line with the whole World Economic Forum Klaus Schwab thing. Like the exact timeline they talked about, all the other leaders are doing it except for Justin Trudeau. He's having a hard time. He really wants to, the world to be a stage. But all the other Western countries that are part of the World Economic Forum, um, the leaders and the companies, they're all doing the same thing, obviously. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's another reason why you shouldn't trust it. But then on the other hand, you've got a guy coming up here and he sounds really genuine. So it's hard to tell whether this is, you know, him just finally having enough or... I don't know, did somebody tell him to do this? I don't even know. It's so hard to tell at this point, Lewis, because you've got the federal conservatives who want to end the restrictions all of a sudden, but now they're against, you know, blockades. You've got Doug Ford, who's like, let's go even further and end everything else provincially. But then you've got just uh, Justin Trudeau, who says himself and the NDP want to continue the federal mandates. He's now putting himself in a position where he can basically arrest or seize the bank accounts of anyone who disagrees with the government. It's a really strange thing going on here, Lewis. And I th think most people are probably con confused as to who they can trust in the government. All of a sudden, the, the Quebec party is against all this stuff, and they're voting with the conservatives. They're always going their little own way. But And then two weeks earlier, Jagmeet Singh, the federal leader of the NDP, was saying it's time to come up with a plan to end the lockdowns. And then he votes against ending the mandates. It's just a really confusing time. Lewis, do you think they're doing this on purpose? Do you think it's the global plan? What do you think? Oh, it is difficult to say, isn't it, uh, Andrew? I, I, from an outsider's perspective, it seems to me like there are some politicians that have genuinely just had enough. Um, they're kind of sick of, of playing the game, as you will. Um, but then again, um, it's very, very hard to trust politicians these days, isn't it? Uh, I think this has been the case for uh, for decades um, because of their track record. Um, I don't know. That seemed pretty genuine to me. I mean, maybe I'm being naive and I could be wrong, but that seemed pretty genuine. Um, but at the same time, um, the global stage is, is still an act. You know, you, like you've mentioned about the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, they're still in play. You know, they're still moving the pieces. I don't know how spicy we can go just yet. Um, yeah, uh, they're still moving the pieces. The the chessboard still isn't complete. The game isn't complete yet, if that makes sense. So, you know, who knows? And um, it's still a bit of a, a strange, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uneasy, uneasy sort of times. Um, so, yeah, my, my take is that there are probably some genu genuine um, politicians that have had enough. Um but my take is that as well, 
I, it's, I can't. It's so I, it's hard really to trust weird. them, right? I, it's so so hard, but at the same time, um, it's it's easy. I know I can't say it. I can't say <laughs> it because it's just too difficult. Well, you know, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. Maybe what I want to point out though is Doug Ford's whole little speech yesterday. As much as if he's honest, we can agree with it. Is he's basically admitting all of his provisions and all of his mandates and restrictions? They didn't work. They don't make any sense. Yeah. So you can go to a grocery store. You don't know if somebody's vaccinated. So why the restrictions in other places? Um, he talks about vaccines, and we probably can't even talk about that on YouTube. But he goes on to say, you know, we all know somebody with something. It's like Ilhan Omar. Some people did something. But he says, we all know somebody uh, who can still spread the something. This is so stupid. Uh, let's, <laughs> I hate YouTube so much. Yeah. Like so much. I yeah, can't, I hate we can't, we can't even speak the truth. But we can show, and I'm going to talk about it right once we get off. But um, we have a video of Klaus Schwab now that we're mentioning him um, from 2016. He's basically talking about how, how wonderful Canada would be to, to implement a bunch of this stuff. So let's go ahead and play this because we're on the topic of this. And uh, Klaus Schwab, we know, evil, Dr. Evil for the world. Let's play this, please. Prime Minister, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Doesn't sound evil friends. at all. Doesn't, not so. As you know, <laughs> the theme of this annual meeting is mastering the fourth industrial revolution. <laughs> I couldn't imagine anybody who could represent more the world which will come out of this fourth industrial revolution. It certainly will be a world, hopefully, not certainly, hopefully, if we take the right decisions, which will be a diverse world characterized by plurality. It will be a world which will combine significant investments into the future, into our soft and hard infrastructure. I understand. With fostering entrepreneurial activity, at the same time social responsibility. It will be a young world. It will be a digital world. Now, who could represent oh my God. such a world better? Sounds like he's passing on to his heir here. Yeah, we are very glad that at the beginning of this meeting, you are talking to us. To represent also a new open Canada, I want to use this opportunity also to thank our Canadian constituency, which always has been a very loyal and very much oh engaged constituency here at the forum. You've been loyal but to now, what? Like I it's supposed to be with you yeah. an economic forum. <laughs> if you took this exact audio and like changed it a little bit and you put it to one of like the high-ranking generals for the empire in star wars it'd pretty much be exactly the same thing but for imagine somebody saying I, that they're they've been one of the most loyal people to an economic a group of <laughs> economists like an, an economic forum you've been very loyal to the olympic committee like what does that even mean that sounds so <laughs> evil and he's sitting there listening like a child in grade three english class who loves their teacher or something and what does he call them uh, techno future and a wonderful techno future for Canada. And when we were talking about this clip earlier, I'm sure his handshake is very strong, Justin Trudeau's, as they you know, 
like they probably got cuts on their hand, you know, some sort of satanic. Anyways, um, it reminded me I saw a trailer for a movie that looks really bad called Neon Vampires, and I don't know if we can can pull this up, but that's the first thing that came to mind. Whether it's uh, what's the Keanu Reeves video game we're in the future, um, cyberpunk, but it reminded me of yeah, reminded me of whatever Neon Vampires was supposed to be. Looked like one of the worst movies ever. I think we're pulling up a picture now. Can you just pull up some B-roll or a picture of that, please, producer? Because this is the this is the true future Justin Trudeau wants right here. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited to see this. Um, we also have coming out of the United States, talking about Kennedy. Oh, here we are. It looks terrible. Like I don't know how I don't know what the the story is, but they're vampires with neon eyes and stuff, and it looks bad. <laughs> this isn't even as bad as what I saw because they had like actual neon eyes. But um, yesterday outside the Canadian consulate in New York City, there was two groups that actually were protesting against Justin Trudeau. Um, I wrote an article for RebelNews.com about it because one of them's. Um, like an anti-lockdown freedom group and a mother's group, I think they were. And they were protesting quite loudly, megaphones and all, outside of the uh, Canadian consulate in New York City yesterday. And if we can pull up the video of this girl talking, there she is. She A lot of people uh, like this girl, what she has to say. She's part of one of the groups. I don't know too much about them, so don't quote me on it, but she just seems to be out there. And they're disagreeing with the, the Emergencies Act that Justin Trudeau is implementing. Let's play this and we'll get your reaction, Lewis. So Justin Trudeau invoked the Emergency Act. Do you want to send them a message? Yeah, this is Joel from New York City. I stand with Canada. I stand with America. And I stand with the rest of the world. I have a message to the U.S. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Listen, you don't own Canadians. You have no right to do this. You're violating human rights. You're taking over people's livelihood. And it's time for you to stop it. Canadians must continue to stand the hell up. When we say no, the game stops. The power is in the people. There's not one man that can have power over us because our power does not come from any, it comes from God. And they have no right to do this. Canadians continue to stand the hell up and do not stop. Until you get back your freedom, which was God given to you, you don't stop. And Justin Trudeau for treason. You have violated people. You are a traitor to every Canadian out there. That's what I have to say. So Justin Trudeau... Justin Trudeau. So obviously there's some opinions out there in New York City um, with their freedom of speech that they're able to in like vocalize, whereas in Canada you'd probably be shut down um, <laughs> by the Prime Minister's office. But we were looking at the Emergencies Act producer um, earlier today and, and yesterday as well as they um, implement it. And there's a clause about the revocation, continuation, and amendment of declaration. And I don't know, Lewis, how many people know this because it takes actually going and reading the act. And if you scroll past the part which says, we can do whatever we want as long as we declare it to be unsafe for you. Um, there's actually a part in there about how it can be revoked. And I know there's supposed to be review after seven days, I believe, but of course they can pass that. They have the NDP on their side. And then after it's supposed to last 30 days, but there's a revocation and declaration of emergency of declaration of emergency there. And what it says, I believe, is that possibly 20 MPs could put an end to it if they reasonably and vocally stand out against it. Do you want to read that for us in your lovely accent, Lewis? Yeah, sure. Uh, is it from the part that says vote or just above? Just highlight uh, declaration. There, yeah, if you could do that. Um, 
Can, can you so highlight it my, for him? So, all right. There you go. So, uh, signed by not less than 10 members of the Senate or 20 members of the House of Commons, as the case may be, is filed with the Speaker thereof that House of Parliament shall take up and consider the motion within three sitting days after it is filed. There you go. So they could do that today. Ten senators or 20 MPs. Why aren't they doing that? Maybe they're maybe they are. Maybe they're going to do it today, but it's to be considered. Maybe they did it. I don't know, but I don't think they have. And I don't think people are aware that if they just got 10 senators or 20 conservative MPs up there and say, this is why we think it doesn't need to be um, stopped. It can be considered by the Speaker of the House. Then I don't know if it comes to a, a vote after that. What's this you're showing us here? The Ottawa Police Service. Okay, there's apparently a flyer being handed out in Ottawa today, and what does this say? Is it saying this exact thing? Uh, oh, it's saying say? that it you have you to leave. leave. <laughs> you must leave the area now. Anyone blocking streets uh, or assisting others... Um, hang on. I can do my, it. I'll take uh, it from there. ...are committing you... criminal offense and you may be arrested. You must immediately cease further unlawful activity or you will face charges. If you are arrested, you may be released on bail, depending on factors contained in Part 16. That's right. I read Roman numerals of the criminal code. <laughs> People of Ottawa are being denied the lawful use, enjoyment, and operation of property and you're causing businesses to close. This doesn't even seem like it's Ottawa. Like, I wouldn't believe that. Scroll down. Is there a signature or anything at the bottom? Oh, we have a crest. It's not signed by anybody. So personally, I wouldn't believe it. I bet you that that's just something that they put out unofficially to scare people. I don't believe it. I'm not a lawyer. I can't tell you either way, but I wouldn't believe it. We're in this era, Lewis, where everything's pretty much a lie. Uh, Doug Ford's doing a, uh, I'm going to say a 720. Like Tony Hawk maybe did the first 580. I don't even remember. 500 in the bowl. Yeah, I remember. I'm young too, Tony Hawk. Very, very relevant political reference. So the Ottawa, the, the Ottawa police chief retired, I believe, uh, just the other day. So, pardon? Yes, he's just saying, this guy can't stop talking back there, you know, Lewis? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so things are, are, are crazy right now. And I think if people knew um, about this 20 MP, 10 senators, things that they'd be a bit more up in arms. Now, I was watching the House of Commons the other day while they voted to end the uh, federal mandates. Of course, like I mentioned, NDP liberals all voted on one way, and the Bloc Quebecois, the French, and the Conservatives voted the other way. It was very interesting to see, and the problem I take is there's no individualism at all. We all get together as parties and say, we're going to say this thing. So the Conservatives come, come out, say, how dare you? They all make their little speeches so that they can clip it for their YouTube channels, of course. Who wouldn't? Liberals come back and say, this is for the safety of Canadians. What are you guys talking about? You guys don't care about our safety. These illegal blockades, we have to end them. Okay, you got your bit out. The 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 Bloc Quebecois come out and they say, why was this your first measure? Why didn't you go talk to them? Why didn't you do this, that, and the other? Emergencies Act is your first thing to do. Okay. But then you have the NDP come up. And like I mentioned, two weeks ago, they said we need a plan to come out of the mandates. But the NDP are all sitting at home. They're reading off their computers, poorly, might I add. And they're saying everybody's a terrorist. The NDP comes on and say, there's a militia in Alberta. This woman from Edmonton says, this other guy, I think it was Kitchener. He says, oh, oh, oh this, that, and the other. Basically, their, their whole talking point there was about it being so dangerous, terrorist this, militia that. 
completely nonsensical stuff. And I'm like, okay, I get it. They all, each group has their own talking point. And then they just, like clockwork, they all just move on to the um, the economy and inflation. And that's when you get people standing up there reading off of sheets. And I'm thinking, as a Canadian citizen, that if it was my job to represent my constituents in front of the country, in front of the world, I don't think that it would look good upon me if I was reading off a sheet all day. If I had to look up a statistic on the piece of paper, that's one thing. But a person standing there and being like, Mr. Speaker, I think this, that, and the other, the economy, this, and, you know, inflation, that, I don't think that looks good. I don't think it looks good when anybody has to read off of a piece of paper at their job because you should know this stuff. And that's when it became unwatchable to me. It just seemed like a bunch of parrots talking. And my point here is that there's so little individualism that how can we trust any of these politicians? Everybody who gets uh, out of line gets kicked out of the party or they leave the party. You can't have individual thoughts. It's all about this, you know, uh, towing the party line. And I'm sick of it. And I think most people are. And this is why you can't trust any of these parties. I mean, you've got a conservative up there saying, you know, Justin Trudeau and uh, Speaker uh, Christia Freeland, your inflation's through the roof. You never balance the budget. And then she comes back at her back at them. And I don't like this woman at all, Christia Freeland. And she comes back and says, well, your plan, you just had a leader that had a plan to spend more than we do. And then she completely owned them. And it's just like reminds the people that just a few weeks ago, your policies were the same as the liberals. And now all of a sudden, everybody's different. Doug Ford's completely different. All of a sudden, the conservatives have a new leader and they're supposed to be completely different. What what system and what message can we do moving forward? Is it, you know, people who are independents? Do we have to vote on everything? We have an opt-in, opt-out tax style. We can't get to any of these things because we're so caught up. Uh, now it's an emergencies act. Now uh, if, you, if you give somebody political dollars, you might be considered a terrorist. It's all this stuff. They keep stopping us from progressing forward. And I think people are having a hard time um, with believing any of these people because nothing ever gets done. For better or for worse, you had Trump in office. He actually got things done, whether you agreed with it or not. I don't trust any of them, Lewis. I don't know what it's like on your side of the pond. Uh, Boris seems to have gone um, and, and done his own 180 in the past few months. Do you get the feeling that people in the UK feel the same way where they don't really trust any of these politicians? Or do you have these people who are just like, this is the, cons this is the real conservative party. They're doing the right thing now. I'm going to stick with them. Because I know people who say now that Pierre Poilev is in, in office or he's in the, the leadership of the party, now we can vote for them. Now is the time. Mm, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think that trust has diminished um, because, as we know, I'm not quite sure, not very clued up on Canadian side of, of politics, but uh, in our uh, sort of polit political realm, it's mostly based on party loyalty. So, a, uh, say, Boris Johnson would pick his cabinet and it would be based on loyalty as opposed to competent, competence uh, and getting the job done. It's, it's all about who is on my side. So it was quite a strange thing to see 126 uh, Tories uh, vote against what he proposed back in um, back in November and December with the the old V passes. So you are starting to see a bit more of, of character from other MPs, especially backbenchers, who uh, I think are the real MVPs. They're the most valuable people because in, in my my understanding is they're the ones that can challenge and can kind of criticize as well. So that's what I'm seeing. But at the same time, 
like we just said earlier, it's very, very difficult to trust um, politicians from their track records and, you know, the flip flopping and who's really in charge. And you can go down that rabbit hole. And, you know, is it the unions? Is it the civil service? Is it all these different um, organizations and, and bodies? And just to go back on what we were t touching on before, uh, producer ADMI actually confirmed that that notice um, from the police is actually real. Um, so I don't I, I think maybe we could delve into that a little bit more. Um, I sure. cannot read that, unfortunately. I don't know if um, if you could do. Uh, um, oh, here we go. Let's pick up where we oh, left yeah, you, off. You do that. The Federal Emergencies Act yeah, allows for it. the regulation or prohibition of travel to from or within any specific area, specified area. Uh, that means anyone coming to auto for the purpose of joining an ongoing demonstration is breaking the law. So basically martial law, like it says mm. you can prohibit travel to and from anywhere, any specified area. You can't come here. Uh, we just, we're just going to reject you from coming into the city. Now, this is what Justin Trudeau has put us in. This is what he signed into law, possibly in blackface at the time. Um, while he was <laughs> signing the order and it doesn't make any sense. Like, do you think it's so dangerous at these protests, yet you can't t you can't show me any violence? Even when CNN is showing the protest, they can only show people dancing, waving flags. And this is how dangerous it is. A lot of people, especially um, disappointingly to me on the conservative side, are just they're, they're so quick to jump to, um, you know, the trade at the border being stifled. Of course, that's a bad thing. But how come the government gets to be the one to decide when it's a bad thing or not? So for two years, they shut down businesses. For two years, they tell you can't work this and that. They raid, you know, Doug Ford himself raids a barbecue restaurant. In Alberta, Jason Kenney's raiding, you know, uh, gas station stops, the Whistle Stop Cafe and churches. Pastors go to jail. That's all fine for two years. The government decides that. The government decides we don't need that money. We don't need all these businesses' money. Then... People block a bridge, and all of a sudden, the government says, oh, no, we need all the money. You're affecting jobs. So why is it that only the government can crush people and say that you don't get to decide when things are, are being blocked? Only we get to decide when things are being blocked. So I was having this conversation with Zuby the, uh, yesterday about the amount of people that don't actually believe in liberty or freedom. So in Canada, if you're okay with the government telling you when you can work, et cetera, et cetera, and then the people don't get a say of when things can be closed down because they have clear and concise demands of drop the mandates, then I'm supposing that you don't exactly believe in personal freedom or liberty. Uh, there's Zuby, what happened to Canada? Shout out to him. He's on, uh, that episode yeah. will air next week on Rebel News Plus. But, why don't you believe that the end? I'm not asking you to be an anarchist. I'm asking you to say, why does the government get to decide this without you? And when the people who are supposed to be the employers of the government, they're taking our money. Why don't we get to tell them when we want something shut down in such a massive protest? Mm. Now, I don't want to get into this world where, you know, somebody can block the entrance to a mall and say, all of a sudden, okay, we disagree with the, the mall going down. But at what point is the government's enforcement too much. And I think that's what we've gotten to, whereas people agree hundreds of thousands of people show up for a protest. It means they agree on a large percentage of people agree on something. There's verified rebel writer, Dakota Christensen, who says big government. There's mm -hmm. law criminal lawyer, mm -hmm. David Amber. I'll tell you what. Right said Fred. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Go I'll ahead. Oh, yeah. Right said Fred. Good for them. That's quality. Um, I think Jordan Peterson hit the nail on the head. If you can find his quote tweet on that particular tweet, I, um, 
Uh, I reshared that earlier, actually, because it, it perfectly sums up not just Canada, but the West in general, um, because it's happening here, too. And Jordan Peterson laid it out completely. Um, and, you know, there is that question, what has happened? And I think a lot of people, I think it's it's like a, it's like, you know, trying to boil pasta and you've, you've overdone it and it starts to simmer over. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of how people are feeling. I think that's the best uh, metaphorically uh, you can attribute that to. Um, but yeah, here it is. So yeah, hate speech, hate speech laws, group rights, DEI, uh, naive economics. Um, sorry, I can't see because of that. Yeah, economic policy, uh, compelled environmental utopianism, um, uh, activist universities. Um, there's uh, there's loads. Yeah, civic disengagement, state media collusion, vicious feminism. <laughs> so this loads. is just a list of yeah. everything that's happened to Canada. And I'd like us to uh, yeah. start pulling away from YouTube so I can talk about the rest of the stuff that Doug Ford said. But in the meantime. Uh, the towing industry, and this was predicted, and you know, Lewis, how much I hate to tell uh, writer Dave that he's right, but Dave uh, correctly predicted that after the towing companies all said, no, we're not going to take away these trucks, the government had to be like, well, how are we going to get stuff out of there? People said the military, I told you guys it wasn't going to happen, it didn't happen. Uh, They said the Americans were going to come take it away, I told you that wasn't going to happen, it didn't happen. But what they can do with the Emergencies Act is they can now force you to work for them. Uh, this is the stupidity of allowing this to happen, NDP. You could have stopped it, but you're communist, so you don't. Um, so now they can tell tow truck drivers, listen, if you don't tow stuff away from us, you're now committing an offense and we can arrest you because this is basically martial law. You know, martial law in quotes, but it's kind of a form of it. Ottawa will see pushbacks as the Globe and Mail. If tow trucks are forced to clear blockade, towing industry says. Now, of course, I have a problem with saying towing industry says. What if I said baking industry says? You can't just ask two guys and say that's the industry. Did you get, like, even if it's a union, that's not the industry. You can say so-and-so says. But, of course, they want you to click on it. I digress. But they can now force you to tow things for them. How stupid is that? I can force you to work for me, and if you don't, then you're committing a crime and we can arrest you. What is this 1937 or 1938? You must turn your factory into producing bullets for the great war or else we're going to arrest you and put you in prison. That's what this is. If you do not put your pedal to the metal for the government, we will arrest you. Okay. What's to stop them from going, Hey, townspeople in Coots, Alberta, if you don't go to the border and help us move these people away, then you're getting arrested. They could literally do that. I don't think they will, but what's to stop? If they can literally force you to do something for them, and if you refuse, you're in trouble, then what does that mean? That means they can do anything to you. They can draft you. They can do anything. That's literally what it means, and that's why people are so outraged. That's why even Quebec is saying, uh, we don't really want any part of this because the Bloc Quebecois would like to be reelected. They see the tides turning on Trudeau. Everybody's turning on him. I don't know what they gave Jagmeet, maybe a comb, a beard comb, and uh, I could use one at the office. Um, maybe they gave him that, and that, uh, you know, that convinced him. Maybe they gave him a new Ferrari. Jagmeet likes shiny cars. Quebec's National Assembly officially rejects use of Emergency Act. Can they do that? How powerful are provincial rights in Canada? Not that powerful, uh, but that's just a, a bold statement that they're coming out against Trudeau, against their own kind, against my kind, Lewis. But I digress again, as producer Efron would say, are we away from YouTube yet? 
We're going to remind them where they can go. Thank you. That's why you're the producer and I'm the charlatan in front of the camera. Um, we can remind them to go to Rumble, Super U, Odyssey, and Getter. And you can always go to rebelnews.com slash livestream to get one of the feeds on the non-sensorious, sensorious platforms that we all love. Um, Rumble, you can send Rumble rants. Super you can send uh, Super Hellos. I don't remember what it's called. Odyssey, Odyssey is Hyper <laughs> Chat. Super hellos is what I'm going with. Maybe they should change it to that. Super you. And then Getter, I believe, is coming out with that, but they don't have it now. But we appreciate their um, mostly free speech platform. Thank you to Getter.com. Um, do we have any chats we want to get to now, or should we wait? Okay, we'll come back to chats because we're clear from YouTube. And what was said by Doug Ford, you asked that I wanted to say, was Doug Ford basically mm. said that all of his... Uh, stipulations and his mandates and his restrictions didn't work. He said, you can go to a grocery store, you can go to Walmart or Costco, and you don't know if a person's vaccinated and they're standing next to you. Great point, Doug. So why did you make it so that only those places can don't have a vaccine passport? He said, you can get That's triple right. vaccinated, you can get 10 vaccines, and you can still spread it. Let's just play the beginning of the clip there so I don't have to just, you know, my friends, you know. He has triple shots, and I, I know hundreds of people with three shots that caught COVID. We just have to be careful. We've got to always make sure we wash our hands and, and move forward. This but is disinformation. He should be pulled from YouTube in this position or uh, Twitter. Yeah. We've got to learn to live with this and get on with our lives. I bet if I asked every single person in this room, do you want these damn masks or do you want them off? They want but them off. They want to get back to normal. They want to be able to go for That guy behind him is looking pissed off at him, first of all. <laughs> burning a hole through him well. yeah i'm still lewis i'm still seeing driving home yesterday people two people within five minutes driving with the mask on in their car does that literally mean you I've think the, it, the air intake is poison is it poison to you yeah that's what i think it is so he's basically saying that it's it doesn't work the prime minister still got sick he's triple vaxxed we all know people who are vaccinated um, who have still gotten it and we also know people who are unvaccinated they're just hard-working people he said so therefore your mandates did not make any sense if you are admitting to all of this. You can admit to people yep. that saying getting vaccinated will likely or somewhat reduce your chance of hospitalization, quote unquote unquote. But forcing it upon them, as he now seems to think, is not the right thing to do. And it's personal choice. Because the stupid question that was asked was, if somebody goes to a restaurant and the restaurant still wants to enforce the vaccine passport, well, they're losing business. And if somebody's enforcing a vaccine passport, then they might get harassed. So what's the pro the solution here? And he just says, basically, shut up. Um, it's time to move on. <laughs> so we don't know if he's telling the truth or not. That's the problem. Colin DeMello, CTV yeah. News. Um, seems like a nice guy. Don't agree with him. Lewis, um, the Give, Send, Go supporters... Uh, Gifts and Go was hacked because they dared to say no to the Canadian government. And then, of course, slime balls like Dean Blundell and others released it. Now, I don't think it's against the law to share such a thing. I'm not a lawyer, of course, again, even though I pretend to be one. I shouldn't even say that. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer, everybody. But um, so he shared that, and everybody hates him for it, of course. Dean Blundell is a washed-up radio host. And the irony there is he got canceled for making gay jokes, and now he's the most, you know, social justice boomer that ever existed, I think. Writes like it's 2003. Happen. It's very ironic. And then people are mad that people are putting it out. But what did CBC do with this information? Uh, CBC decided to start reaching out to people. And you know how that story is going to slant it. If you get a call from CTV that says, hey, we heard you donated to this thing that we think are terrorists, 
quote unquote. They <laughs> keep saying that. Um, <laughs> how do you think their article is going to go? Well, this person, we're now going to out you as a person who's supporting like essentially anti-government sentiment, which is now a crime. So this article was written uh, for rebelnews.com. Um, they invoked the Emergency Act, deeming the convoy protests illegal and threatening the of freezing the accounts to those who donate to the convoy in amounts over $25. So a pretty low. I hope you donated $24.99 if you did, uh, whether you agree with it or not. I think we should all agree that donating to a political cause is not akin to terrorism because you can donate to Black Lives Matter freely and they do uh, destruction of property. You can donate to, you know, there's literal foundations in Canada that give money to BLM and to Pride and stuff like that. And those are political statements. They're political movements and they'll never be punished. Yeah. You can donate to a native band or the fake native band that protests. Um, the, and by that, I mean, like they think they're hereditary leaders, blah, blah, blah. And donate to all these things. They can, you know, start fires at pipelines. You're never going to be arrested. You're never going to be questioned for that. But now, if you support this, you're going to be questioned and arrested. And, you know, Lewis, people predicted this. They said they were going to start positioning, you know, Trump supporters and the like as terrorists. And that's exactly what ha what happened with January 6th. And now that's what's happening here. If you just support for as little as 25 didgeridoos, that's Australian currency, <laughs> If you just support one of these causes, you are now a criminal. The government can say, we're, kick we're kicking you out of the city. You can't be here. We're enforcing uh, the the fact that you have to w do work for us. You have to take a government contract with us. You know, it's, I'm afraid to say, Lewis, I think it's literal communism, is it not? Well, yeah, it sounds to me like, you know, you, you've explained China's uh, government <laughs> policies exactly. uh, over, over Canada's. Um, which is quite worrying. Don't you think that's very worrying that the uh, that the, the higher ups can now dictate what um, what they consider mm -hmm. is uh, is terrorism now? I mean, that's nuts. I mean, they're they're equating um, donating to this cause uh, in the same bracket as someone that that kills people for political gain or some sort of political light. I mean, that is next level mentalism that's that's <laughs> ridiculous that's just, I, I, yes mentalism is what it is <laughs> i've just made that up i think that's um, somebody with but, uh you know mental powers it's yeah, going to be uh, probably. <laughs> you want to review but, um, that story that should affect you as a brit a, a tea company being attacked that should hit close to home it does it does hit close to home people in canada uh, are now boycotting <laughs> Boycotting David's tea because they said that somebody's owner's wife donated to the uh, the founder of David's oh, tea's wife in Ottawa. It's mob rule. This is mob rule. The founder of David T's wife is an Ottawa therapist who gave two hundred dollars to the occupation. Of course, they're calling it an occupation. Right. Jackie underscore defund. Let's click. Let's expose Jackie. <laughs> click on her profile. That, that name is very soft. The only way forward is a measured return to pre-modern life preserving oil-made infrastructure and goods as long as possible, but that costs dollar and isn't sexy. All right, I don't even know what that means. Jackie, I, I rescind. <laughs> I don't know. 
I rescind my aggressive, let's expose Jackie, because I don't even know what you're talking about. But basically, so they're harassing the David's tea location because the founder's wife donated to something, uh, who's a therapist. Unbelievable. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. This is this is um, this is mob rule essentially now, where the government has managed to manipulate um, their own side to now act upon um, harassing people. Because um, you know who's the perpetrator of this? You know, she she obviously didn't sit there one day and go, "Do you know what? I think I think truckers are white <laughs> supremacists." She didn't just sit there and say that. It was premeditated by. The state, the state told her what to do, essentially. It's nuts. It's, I... So look at this, though, then. David T. puts out a statement and says, this guy has not been affiliated with us for since 2016. So it's been almost six years since this guy was actually part of the company, and they've already begun harassing. Please note that David Seagal, not to be confused with Steven Seagal, has not been affiliated with David T. since 2016. Oh. Aside from the fact that I have a big problem with the way they uh, they do their uh, name there, they're con- <laughs> David with a small <laughs> S and ten- like put a space in there, bud. All right, but uh, yeah, like what's that? David St. Since 2016, so shows goes to show you that nobody's actually putting any thought or effort into who they want to boycott and who they want to uh, hurl insults or literal things at these days. I heard that this person's wife donated, therefore let's ruin a franchise owner's <laughs> establishment of this business. You know, I heard the, <laughs> it'd be like almost being like, um, who stars in the McDonald's movie? Um, not Kevin Costner, uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton starred in the McDonald's founder movie. So let's go and destroy my local McDonald's as a punishment. We can, David's T-shirt you know, on Twitter. Like, uh... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Just to cut, just to cut you up there. It's uh, do you, do you know it's similar mentality of when um, at the height of Black Lives Matter, when uh, if you didn't come out and support um, or you criticised the movement, there were people that found you and then started mm-hmm. to harass you and you know destroy your property because of that. And you know if you were seen to try and defend your property over in America, um, then you'll be harassed, doxxed, you'll be everything. It's the same strange mob <laughs> mentality that's happening now. Well, look at these uh, comments, Lewis. Uh, he says, go scroll to his comment. Never touching David's tea again. You want to support terrorism <laughs> in our country? You don't get my money. They, you're literally <laughs> commenting on the thing. About? You're literally commenting on the thing they just said the opposite of. We can confirm that we have not made any donations. Let's cl- see the replies to that. I want to see if that person replied. Yeah, that oh, one. It's just nuts. Clowny J. What's this about then? It's from September 2021. <laughs> David's T founder retires, replaced by wife who is former CEO. As a company, no, but the founder's wife did. And even though she may uh, no longer be associated, there is an association between them and your company compounded uh, with the labor issues in America in your past <laughs> and the company. So now, well, in 2022, I have a problem with your labor grievances. You really I, have no joy in your life. I've gone back in time. And I've decided that you've done past things, and now this justifies my current. You know, Henry Ford was a violent racist, and even though I've been driving Fords this whole time, I'm now deciding that it's relevant. Um, (laughs) Canada international outrage and embarrassment these days. Even one of my 
favorite, my new favorite, he's my current favorite comedian, William Montgomery, on my current favorite podcast, Kill Tony, uh, starring Tony Hinchcliffe. He had a joke yesterday about, uh, it's a short one, it's about Justin Trudeau. I don't know how much the audience got it because they're in Texas, but I want to play that clip if we have a producer of uh, William Montgomery, the Big Red Machine. Do you have that? If he stays in hiding, riddle me this. Have you ever seen Aziz Ansari and Justin Trudeau in the same place? <laughs> That's probably the best joke y'all have heard in here tonight. That means Justin Trudeau likes to dress up like an Indian person. That's why. <laughs> I was a little worried. Everybody might not know what that meant. But that's the best joke y'all heard tonight. So you're welcome. All right. That's all this is an open call for William Montgomery to come on my show. William, please. Um, but Justin Trudeau is like, even in Texas, comedians are aware that Justin Trudeau has gone too far and that he does indeed like making a mockery of himself, whether it's in blackface or dressing up in traditional Indian garb. He's been a cowboy. He's been a Native American, Lewis. I don't know if he's ever dressed up as anything British, has he? You wear a tracksuit at any time? Um, could could have done, could have done. If you can find Justin Trudeau in a tracksuit uh, <laughs> and maybe a Burberry hat on, I don't then, like uh, this uh, British <laughs> way they say "could have done" or "very well could do." Um, this is I, I play the FIFA soccer game and they say "very well could do," and I don't approve of that type of language at all. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, go ahead. I yeah, right down central, very central, Lewis. <laughs> These soccer guys I'm watching. <laughs> um, this, uh, to, to turn onto a more serious note, Lewis, there was a story from, how long ago was it, about this building burning down, this very large, you know, high-rise oh, apartment yes. building? Yes, so the, the Grenfell Tower. The Grenfell um, Tower. When that happened, that incident uh, in London. Um, yeah, that was... I think that was quite a number of years ago now. Um, and that subject has always been an extremely sensitive one since it, since it happened. And there are two stories um, that we were going to touch on here mm -hmm. and that we can touch on now that we're off of YouTube. Uh, one was a recent one um, where a woman has been jailed um, for 11 months for basically saying uh, that it was Jews that caused the... Mm. Uh, um, the burning um very very nuts um you know saying that and putting on putting that on facebook um so she was jailed for 11 months for that now um that's a ridiculous thing to say i think that's pretty obvious i don't think i really need to 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 say that um but at the same time I don't think people should be going to jail for posting conspiracy theories online. Mm -hmm. uh, that's my own, that's my own personal thing. Um, and you know, as a free speech absolutist, uh, I'm under the mindset that as long as you're not, um, inciting violence against someone, um, and you know, we've got other laws for, you know, harassment and, and things like that. Uh, I think this is more of a, a free speech issue. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's unbelievable. I mean, we've got a lot of, um, hate speech laws that are continuing to expand now in the UK. And I think Canada's probably on its way too with, uh, with its hate speech laws. 
So we're probably becoming neck and neck soon with, with that. Um, but people confuse um, this idea of not wanting to criminalize a, a Facebook post or not wanting to criminalize a tweet with agreeing with what they're saying, which is absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. You, that's absolute nonsense. The idea that you can go onto your social media, put up a theory that you believe someone had done something, um, and then you're, you're shoved in jail for 11 months is wrong. And I completely disavow and um, disagree. I don't even really need to say it um, about the post. It's just now we're getting in times where thought police, the, the, the Orwellian, um, uh, <laughs> the Orwellian uh, what's it called, uh, quote from the book 1984 is, is almost becoming um, a reality. I mean, what's your, what's your take, Andrew? Am I, am I being unfair by saying that people shouldn't be criminalized for putting stuff on um, Facebook and Twitter that without inciting violence? No, obviously this is a, one of those ridiculously fundamentalist Islamic claims that it's, oh, it's like when people say hurricanes are because America is turning away from Christ. This is the same thing, uh, an extremely fundamentalist Islamic view, sorry, producer, um, Oh, this is punishment of the Jews. But what? I, and of course, I don't think she should go to jail for being an idiot. But if you you go back to that article, and I want to read some of it, producer, they make sure to mention she's an anti-lockdown activist. Like, what does this have to do yeah. with uh, promoting hate speech? If you believe in that sort of thing, yeah. anti-lockdown yeah. A- activist Tara Ahmed uh, jailed over Facebook post blaming Jews for Grenfell fire. Then scroll down to this stupid judge. And again, and for somebody who wants to clip this, no, first paragraph was fine. So somebody wants to clip this. I don't like she's saying something. I almost said the R word. I'll say it. Um, (laughs) She said something very stupid. A prominent anti-lockdown activist was jailed for 11 months yesterday after an investigation by the Times. So the newspaper went after her, uh, showed she had proclaimed that the Grenfell Tower fire was a Jewish sacrifice. Tara Ahmed, 51, was told by Old Bailey Judge that she posted venom. You posted venom, mate. Enticing to stir up racial hatred in time of anger and distress of the lives lost. Of course she does. She wants to stir things up. Is it a crime? Like, it's a crime to be mean. That's what this is. And then further in the article, they say, you in- we know you intended to stir up racial hatred. Um, I have no doubt when you wrote and published your assertions, you knew full well what you were doing and its likely effect by posting such venom. You intended to stir up hatred towards Jews in general. Fine. She's an idiot. She wants to stir up hatred towards Jews. Imagine in America if you could uh, put somebody in jail for that. Uh, who's that? Tariq Nasheed guy, um, Louis Farrakhan, um, Talib Kweli, the rapper. If what they said was under British law, every time they say something's white supremacy or, or something Jewish related, they could go to jail. It's moronic. You don't have to agree with these people. Because because where is the line there? It's just up to this judge. And yes, I know we put them in power for a reason, but it's just up to this guy who may or may not have a bias towards you to decide if you should go to jail. So should someone go to jail for saying anything like that? I don't think so. If they're not actually committing a real crime saying, go do this to these people, go hurt them, um, saying something defamatory, you know, regular crimes that would be crimes in the United States or maybe even Canada in a better time. But to say, you know, you can't say something stupid online because it causes hate towards something. What if I say bakers are the worst people in the world and some and a judge decides 
I am intentionally stirring up hatred towards this group of bakers. Is that a crime? Should yeah. somebody go to jail for that? Now, you can't put a race on a baker. You can't put, you know, some sort of uh, ethnicity on a baker. Dead. But it's still a group of people. You're still targeting this group of people. You're still stirring things up against them. What's so special about somebody? And in fact, why are we categorizing people by race and religion? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I believe yeah. in any of this stuff anymore, Lewis. And if you're like me, and a lot of you people I know are, because you watch our shows, um, you've become to this point where... The government says all these things, and you can't really trust it anymore, so you start to question these other things. Well, was that event really the way I thought it was? Was that court case really the way I thought it was? I watched the George Floyd trial. I watched the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Do I really believe in the past that these things were done fairly? There's no way to know, but moving forward, can you just can you just trust a judge is going to say the right thing? Can you just trust a politician is doing the right thing? I don't know, Lewis. Um, maybe we'll start getting into... NASA or space? Can we trust space is real, Lewis? Can we yeah. really? But it, it, yeah. it's, it gets to the point where it's like one person decides that you're mean enough on Facebook and you can go to jail. That's the long and short of it. We saw it in Australia yeah. um, with this person going to the woman's house. We're seeing it in Canada. You were joining a Facebook group. What's your intention? The state gets to decide now. And don't you, the, the, the larger question is, don't you have better things to do? Uh, what what times that was was it the london times i'm not sure but that newspaper the however many people you had investigating if this woman's facebook post was bad or not what could you have been investigating yeah. imagine the boston globe instead of investigating you know uh molestation from priests they said you know what we're going to look into somebody's hate speech on facebook instead come on there's always well, better things you can be doing yeah i mean in the United Kingdom, I mean, the producer could probably pull this up um, just to fact check the numbers. But um, during 2017 and 2019, we had a thing called non-hate crime incidents. I don't know if the producer could look that up. Non-hate incidents. Um, where if you post something allegedly uh, <laughs> deflammatory on Facebook or Twitter, the police will actually knock at your door and then ask you, what's this post about? And um, basically write it down as a non-hate crime incident. So you're not technically being charged. You're being but, put on a list. Uh, it's and uh, Yeah, and I think they recorded between 2017 and 2019. I believe I need to be I need to be fact-checked on it. Um, I believe it was over 150,000 oh cases. Oh, my God. I was expecting like 2,000. No, like it was a lot. A lot of cases between that's um, the a city is a city size yeah. <laughs> amount of yeah. people not yeah. committing crimes. We we're putting on you on our yeah. non crime list. Police oh, have recorded okay. Daily Mail, um, February 2020, two years ago, 120,000 cases of non crime hate incidents, despite accepting they are yeah. not illegal. So, what this does, and this is how you can, you know. You're on here with Andrew says we like to be above the narrative, above and beyond the narrative. Maybe I'll start saying that. Where does this lead down the line? Because the simpletons, mm -hmm. the uh, the Twitterati, they like to just think this is now in time. This is great. We're stopping people who might be 
committing hate crimes. They haven't yet, but we're stopping them. They're bad people. We need to stop them. Where does this lead? We're above it, above the narrative here on Rebel News. This leads to them putting you on a list of non-hate crime people, of non-crimes. What do they do with this list? Well, once they pass more hate crime legislation, more hate speech legislation, now we know where to look. So we're going to take those 100,000 people. We're going to do a keyword search of what they've said since we've enacted these hate crime laws, since we've put them into play here. And now we're going to see if those 120,000 people have now committed the crime. So basically, they're pre-convicting you of a crime that you're going to commit later. They're putting you on a list so that they can later extort you for money or um, put you into a jailing system or, you know, criminalize you so that they can further a narrative against a certain type of people, whether that's anti-white, anti-black, anti-Semitic, whatever it might be, it's all bad. But that's what the government does. And that's what these law enforcement institutions serve as a way to get their money and further a narrative if they're political like that. And it's all a bad thing. I don't want it to happen. I hope it doesn't. But why else would you put people on a list? What is the further intention of that other than to stop them from committing crimes or convict them for committing crimes? You have now made a crime two years later because that article's from 2020. And now, you know, people are going to jail for a year for hate speech. That's the best I can give you, Lewis, without swearing or cussing or going into a conspiracy, I think. That's the best I can do for yeah. you right now. Or being offensive. <laughs> well, there's no way around that. You know, who decides? Well, yeah, exactly. And who decides? That's the big question, isn't it, Andrew? I mean, who decides what is offensive and what isn't? You know, you can go down that philosophical route. Is it one person? Is it 10 people? Is it a collective? Do we all have to sit in a line and say, this is offensive, this isn't? Do we draw a vote? You know, it is impossible to measure because you cannot measure feeling. And that's the that's oh, yes. the, the crux of it. Yeah, you think we can? <laughs> we will tonight, you and I. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there Sorry, you go. Sorry, I don't mean to so step on you. you can't measure you. feeling. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, you can't measure feeling. You can't measure offense. So how can you criminalize it? So that's, that's, the, that's the crux of it. Um, and the worst thing is, this is how they try and get you. They, they say, well, that means you're defending that, that horrible person mm -hmm. that was anti-Semitic. And you're like, no, I don't, defend, I don't defend the context of what they're, the nature of what they are saying. I don't defend that. But you defend your right to say something. And that's, that's, that's literally it. And people have a hard time differentiating, differentiating that between the two, um, which leads on to the, the other story as well, where... Um, if we're speaking about this Grenfell Tower incident, mm -hmm. where a man um, previously, this was a few years back now, um, was, well, he was arrested uh, because he made an effigy on uh, the Grenfell Tower and burnt it and um, and done a, a video recording of so it. So he was arrested um, for this. What is the crime? Inciting hate arrested, again? Inciting hate. Um, and... So Sorry, uh, I just want this to be clear for the, the viewer. So he made basically a model of the tower, like an, something yeah, that, an effigy would just say something that represents it, and he burned it. Yeah. He and that's the it, crime. He filmed it, and that was that was the crime, yeah. Um, he was, he was of course, uh, arrested for it. He wasn't sent to prison. I think he was found not guilty, but then they reopened his trial <laughs> of course. Um, years later. Um several years later you can see the obviously very offensive of course. yeah that's um, insane it's very bad yeah it's very very bad um the... and then they've now reopened uh, his case i think it was 
I think it was late last year. But if we're if we're talking about a fence, and we're talking we're we're um, we're using sorry we're we're putting together what that Facebook post was saying earlier and what the, this man has done. Um, you're on the same lines of of criminalizing offense and things like that. Um, what were you about to say, Andrew? Sorry for for cutting you off. No, out that's there, okay. I don't mean to cut off your uh, your good clips there. You know what I mean? But um, just like we're in Parliament. <laughs> but um, obviously, that's one of the like that's obviously offensive. Like I'm not easily offended, offensive, but like to do that, you know, you're going to be offensive. But is that a crime? Like I I don't think so. Like you're being an idiot. Uh, this and I was going to say mm. the social ramifications of you making a model building and burning it with the people, the black people that he modeled there, um, this picture, the social ramifications of that are going to be gigantic. Nobody's going to want to hire mm. you if you're in a like a public mm. facing role. People who are probably mm-hmm. your friends that may be black are going to be like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> Messaging you that, even yeah. though I'd imagine if you put something up like that, you don't have any black friends. Um, and it's the same thing. Like if you yeah. were to, but like if you were to do that in America, which I would hold up as currently the most free place in the world. Yeah. Let's say you did it about a 9-11 thing. You're not going to jail. People are going to egg you. People are going to do this, that and the other, kick you off of whatever, kick you out from wherever. Mm-hmm. But is the government going to say, like, you are committing a federal offense here? Not a chance. Like, you're literally just doing something that's mean and offensive. And people do that every day, whether they look at you mean or they give you the middle finger. Is the middle finger, that's offensive, that's rude. You're intentionally Mm -hmm. doing it to somebody. Like you said, who decides? I'm just looking for logical consistency here, Louis Brackpool. you got to stay above the narrative. Logical consistency. You'll find people... On the right and the left, whether it's a uh, a teenage girl with blue hair or an old person who thinks that, you know, the conservative party is the greatest party in the world and they just want to love you and the police will never do anything wrong to you. They will fail to see what goes down the line with logical consistency. And it doesn't matter what the example yep. is. I could use a pen as an example. I could use a story from the UK as an example. As long as the logical logical consistency is there, you will be free. You shall be set free from your mind and you will be above the narrative we're going to start that as a trending you know phrase on rebelnews.com slash lewis I, I, I don't think there's anything to add to that i think i think we both completely opened that up and and took that apart i think that was great Thanks, i think man. we are worldwide philosophers now let's get to some chats before <laughs> we go um fraser mcburney says just four months till we rid ourselves of doug ford but who can we vote for ndp hell no liberals hell no exclamation point um that's a good question my advice a couple weeks ago was uh don't take my word for it vote for whoever you want should you enjoy the freedom but my stance mm-hmm. is maybe vote for an independent maybe for, vote for somebody off the board and if it doesn't if that person doesn't win or that group doesn't win then maybe you'll just shake up the fords and the currently non-existent liberal party with that weird guy uh as the leader or um Andrea Horvath. Oh, good God. I forgot she was the NDP leader. Talk about, you know, I think, blank, um, fill in the blank I there. My, <laughs> my, my advice would be, yeah, vote with integrity. That's what I, mm-hmm. I've started to do. You know, you, you don't just vote for the, for the main parties. Go independent. Find, find a party that, um, that resonates with you. That's what I would do. And it doesn't matter how, how big or small they are. You know, having the right to vote is such a huge privilege in the West. So, you know, utilize 
that privilege and, and vote for someone with integrity. That's what I would say. We're talking about logical consistency here. How long until the voting, well, we're not electronic, but the party is, how long until votes get you know, publicized and everybody who votes for the PPC, the People's Party, for example, is criminalized. Mm. You know, you know what I mean? Like this is where the logical consistency comes in. All of a sudden the feds yeah. are dropping things allegedly. And now, you know, your voting record is on public, re like out on the Internet for Dean Blundell to retweet allegedly, you know, um, and for him to cry over. That stuff's going to happen if you let it go that way. Stoic mm. voter says Rebel News is my groove. What that means, oh, I don't nice. know. Something to do with Jimi Hendrix, I think. Flitter by. This is JT is playing the finite game for the WEF win, win. The Canadian people, however, are playing the infinite game, freedom for the future. Keep playing. Eventually, JT will get frustrated and leave the game. I don't think he's going to leave Bruce Brackpool. What do you think? I don't think he's just going to give up. I think, I think I made it pretty clear in my tweet that I put up, which I'm sure... The, uh, the producer can find where I said um, history history will remember um, Justin Trudeau um, and how he treated the Canadian working class as a egotistical maniac and um, yeah that's that's how I see it from someone who's an outsider from Canada uh, is he going to back down no no that dude's not going to back down I don't think so um, and he's really he's really set a precedent on um, on how evil um, his intention for that is. And he's really just, grown into his tyrannical role. Yeah. Yeah, he really has. Whether it's him doing it, whether it's, you know, WEF pulling the strings, who knows? Who knows, you know? Um, <laughs> but it shows, it, shows his, uh, it shows his sense of character. And from an outsider's point of view, yeah, history, history will remember it. And, um, yeah, he's uh, that no one's gonna no one's gonna forget that. Same as no one forgets about how many costumes he's uh, he's dressed up in and how many characters he wants to be. What about your tweet where you said, Justin, I love you. Take me with you when you put us all in the gulags. Yeah, that one. JT forever. Oh uh, yeah. He is yeah, one of the greatest yeah. dancers of our time. There's the one yeah. where he's dancing with the woman too inside. Um, he loves. He just he just loves. I'll leave it at that. Um, tw Twin X says Mad Max seems to be the only honest politician who stands up for his principles and represents constituents. I would say he's one of them, but there are a few, and I'm as negative as they call Lewis Brackpool. You know that. But there are a few now coming out of the woodwork. Now it's more like politically convenient to do so, but also a climate where it's easier to do so. And that's why we love Andrew Says and Lewis Brackpool, because they always tell it like it is. Loney... UConn says vote none of the uh, none of the above PRP is WF2. Now people keep sending me these pages from the World Economic Forum um, of conservative people just having pages. It's really weird. So one of them was Michelle Rempel Garner. She was the one who said, you know, um, her party's got toxic max masculinity and white fragility and all that crap. And uh, there's just a WF WEF page that says slash slash people and then her name. Pierre Poilev had one that I think is archived now and other see there it is like what does this even mean somebody needs to ask these people why they were listed was it because they were some sort uh part of some sort of meeting were they in a group why are they on the WEF page it's not a good sign but it's not it's really not enough to go on Doug Ford has a page too and it just like says what their title is 
So I don't know if they are a member in some way, if they were just at a thing and then they listed them there. So it's hard to pass any judgment on it, but it's definitely weird. And somebody mm. should look into it. Indeed. Twin X says WEF wants the global population reduced to 1 billion. That's 6.5 billion less people. Think about it. So globalists can easily rule and enjoy the riches of the land. I mean, there's the Georgia Guidestones thing. It's like from what, like 2002. I remember being a kid and just being like uh, everybody going to those Georgia Guidestones and the Zeitgeist movies and everything. If everybody remembers that and they wanted the population down to 500 million. Now, I guess the numbers double that. It's a little bit more realistic to have 1 billion. I don't know. Um, I don't know how much I believe that stuff. Mike CA says, protest everything, including digital ID and social credit. I bet police have a large database of the protesters' photos with their bank account info. As per Emergency Act, bank accounts can be frozen. Um, do they have a large database of protesters' photos? Oh, yes, they do. They send those trucks around the facial recognition cameras in Ontario, at the very least. Do they connect it to that bank account? Probably not yet. Not until you're found to, you know, <laughs> donate to something. Um, but... <laughs> Taking somebody's bank account is a big deal. It will remain a big deal. Yeah. And the reason that they want this sort of stuff is so that they don't have to get a court order. If this act ends um, sooner rather than later, it will become a big deal again. But will they compile a list while the laws are there? I don't know. I don't know how much freedom it gives them to just, you know, compile names of people. But, you know, a $25 donation, is that so much of a... Like, that's a pretty low bar to set, is what I'm trying to say. Mike also said, if you donated to a trucker convoy in your country, check your accounts ASAP. In Canada, they can freeze and report to the RCMP. Sounds like Mike's been reading a lot of Rebel News. Bank account holders that financially support the convoys. I think that's pretty well known, uh, but thanks for pointing that out. Cheryl Don V says, can we seize JT's account for paying a terrorist $10 million asking for a friend? That's a fun joke about him saying, or having... Omar Cotter get $10 million. Their claim was it'd be cheaper to pay him out than to fight against him. Um, obviously, morally, that doesn't make sense. And, uh, you know, we all have our thoughts about that. Pardon me? Pay him out. Pay him out. So I'm encouraging you to watch the show Trailer Park Boys, where they actually say oat, uh, oat in a boat. <laughs> I think it's on purpose. It might be because they're from the East Coast, but that's people pronouncing it Canadian. <laughs> I don't say it that way, Lewis. Other people say it. I don't believe them. I digress. King7734 says, vote new blue. And I think that's the end of our paid chats, producer. Correct me if I'm wrong. Thumbs up. <laughs> He's like a, it's like a mannequin back there. Just comes straight out with a thumbs up. Um, Lewis, <laughs> any, any final thoughts? I've been watching a lot of Jerry Stringer, Jerry Springer lately. There's a channel on my Samsung free TV. It's just got trash shows, Maury Povich, Jerry Springer, Steve Wilkos. He's been giving me th final thoughts. That's where my moral compass is coming from these days. The end of a Jerry Springer show after the strippers and incestual people have fought each other. Jerry Springer then enlightens me. Give us your final thoughts. I was blackpilled for so long, right? And now I finally hit clown pill and it's great, right? So I, enc I encourage e everyone to, to take that pill, that clown pill. Um you know, because it's it's getting a bit intense out there. So we all need a laugh. We all need to to let off steam. So why not laugh? So that would be my take. 
Laughing is now illegal. Lewis Brackpool will be serving six to 12 months in San Quentin, California. He'll write an album about it. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Rebelnews.com slash live streams. If you want to find the daily best stream that we're streaming on natively um, so that the feed will always stay consistent for you. Rumble, Super U, Odyssey, Getter. Boo to YouTube, but thank you if you were watching on there and shipped over. Watch my show this week. It is with Caitlin Bennett. Watch Lewis Brackpool. Brackpools, excuse me. See, it's always the fake names always get me. Watch Lewis Brackpools upcoming reports. Um, good talking to you, mate. Where are your suspenders? Yep, you too. Where are oh, your suspenders? Not here today. Yeah. Not here today. No, Super chat is next week. Thank you for all your paid chats about Lewis's sleeves, his T-shirt, anything British you want him to say in his accent. Thank you everybody for watching. Do you have anything to play us out? There it is. They love Rebel News around here. Uh, about mid-morning, they came by and they delivered uh, these uh, flyers. Oh, ginger beer, just like you, on the street and, uh, It does. Two a little bit liaison officers. It's the official uh, beard cast, I think. They wouldn't give me their names. I got their badge numbers. Today on uh, Rebel News, Lewis Brackpool uh, is the beard cast. Watch him from Crowley Town FC no Stadium. There was Going no up charges. against Dagenham uh, and Red. Yeah, I know these references. to intimidate people to vacate the area, but nobody here is intimidated. There's uh, a lot of us that are very committed to this. Convoyreports.com, everybody. I got to go eat, I think. Uh, about mid-morning, they came by and they delivered uh, these uh, flyers. Uh,